And, you know, when you pray for an open door, in fact, was when Brother Aaron Mayo was here with us for our, our uh, fifth pastoral anniversary, and I was talking with him and his wife, I said, man, you know, we really need a new building because, you know, we, we, we've, got, we've got some room in our seating, but, man, we are, we are really, really hurting in an area of just a space for us to have fellowship. We're always cramming, and as Brother Diaz said earlier, we're always trying to have to put people outside, and it's easy to do in the summer, hard to do in the winter. And, 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 and you know, we use this back room, and we got multi-purpose for it, but, man, I, I, just really, I just really wish that that's something we could do right now and not have to wait for it. And, and after I said it, we checked our email the next day, and the owner of this current facility said, hey, are you interested in the next uh, unit? And I said, well, let's take a look at it. So we went and took a look at it and, and uh, talked with our internal board of elders, and they all agreed that this is a great opportunity for us. And so we were able to jump in on that. And so this is what it's going to look like for the church our first phase is we're going to remodel that new unit, and we're going to, uh, now it's a separate building, so it can't, we can't knock that wall out, or you'd knock out a load-bearing wall, but we are, going to, we are going to remodel that unit, we're going to move the office and everything like that out of the way, and then our second, uh, our second phase is we're going to knock the walls out of this room, which is going to give us about, about 350, 400 square feet more space this multi-purpose prayer room. So we're no longer going to have this cramped little area when we have fellowship. I, I did kind of some quick math, and it looks like when we do our fellowship, we'll be able to fit 28 more people in there just on the times when we lay out the, uh, lay out the, the tables. And, and so we're, praise God. I think we ought to give God praise for that. And so that will be that will be starting here shortly we're going to be working on remodeling that getting it ready we're going to then knock out those walls floor it so we don't have uh, any more of that carpet we have somewhere if something spills on it, it's not a big deal we just sweep it up or mop it up so it's going to be good you know it's kind of like we you know when you want a new house that's awesome you know pray for the new house but while you're in the house you're in remodel it amen so that's what we're going to do we're going to remodel and work on some things with that being said um, we are going to take up a special offering for that this next Sunday. So I want you to be in prayer uh, on what you can give specifically towards that. Uh, we will, if we need to, tap into our vision giving fund. But we'd like to keep that as, as full as we can so that we're ready for it. Um, and so we want to take a special offering for this. You know me, I don't take up offerings for anything. Um, but I was advised by our board of elders that it would be a good idea to give people an opportunity to be blessed. And so that's what we're going to do. So uh, whether it be $1,000, $500, $100, or $50, just come ready next week with something in your heart. And uh, let's give it. And we're going to see great things. There are souls attached to that. And everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to stand all across the building. Thank you for being excited and standing with me. Praise God. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school kids to their class. Amen. Everybody say, God bless our Sunday school kids. God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. If you have your Bibles, the book of Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 3. Amen. Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 3. I got nervous last night when the snow started falling. I thought this happened to us last year. Had to cancel the first service, uh, first Sunday of the year, but thankfully it melted off the roads. Amen. Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and, he, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. And the fowls came up and devoured them. Some fell upon stony places and, went, and they, where they had not much earth. And forthwith, when they sprung up, because they had no depthness of earth, and when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root, and they withered away. And some fell amongst thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground. And brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Everybody say that with me. Some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Skipping down to verse 12. For whosoever hath to him shall it be given. 
and he shall have more. Everybody say more. Abundance. But whatsoever he hath not, from him shall be taken away even that which he hath. Amen. There is an understanding that Jesus is giving about the kingdom. That you've got to keep making progress. You've got to keep moving forward. Because everyone that possesses or that has more shall more be given. And those that become stagnant, those that have not, shall be taken away even that which they have. And I want to preach what I felt impressed of the Lord for this year. Just something that we could put into our hearts. Amen. War for more. Amen. Everybody say that. War for more. Would you lift up your hands and would you bless the Lord all across this building? Come on, would you pray with me? God, we want to go, amen, deeper into your word. God, we want to go further into your presence. And God, we're praying today, God, that you would put a burden in our hearts for more. That we would not be satisfied, God, with where we are, but that we would push into the next dimension of what you have for us. Come on, somebody bless him today. Somebody pray today. We need a move of the Holy Ghost. God, I pray that you would help us that we would fight for more, God, but as we fight for more, that you would bless us, amen, abundantly, God, that there would be an abundance upon every family, abundance upon every marriage, abundance upon all of the kids, abundance upon the church. I'm praying that more would be given, amen, upon those that war for more in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm going to war for more in Jesus' name. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Jesus spoke this parable of the sower and the seed to show us how the Word of God operates in our lives. He spoke of four soil conditions. Now, I want you to notice these are not four different soils. Many people think these are talking about four different kinds of people. That is not true. Amen. I'm going to talk about that a little bit here in a moment. These are the same soil in different conditions and stages. These are four levels of cultivation. Jesus is talking to us about the heart and the condition of the heart, the cultivation of of the heart and that there are four levels of cultivation the lack of cultivation leads to these other three soil conditions number one it leads to the wayside notice the bible says it fell by the wayside this wayside is a hardened topsoil where the birds or as jesus later tells us the devil the wicked one eats the unplanted seed the seed did not penetrate uh, the soil, and, and Jesus is giving us understanding that the heart that is that is not let the seed penetrate into the soil is simply because of a lack of understanding, because of a lack of, 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 of knowing how important it is. I want to tell us here today, you've got to beware of the devil's devices. He will try to stop the Word of God from going into your life. He wants it to just fall by the way as a list of a bunch of other things that you have to do he will try to stop the word from growing in your life the word of god will come you better believe it that the sower is a good sower it is god almighty that comes by and he is not looking just for those that got it all together but he is throwing the word out even while I preach today, I'm preaching and I am throwing the word of God out. That seed is going forth and it is landing upon every type of the soil condition. But for some it falls by the wayside where this hardened topsoil is there. And the adversary is looking for the word that, the, that God has put out that has not got underneath the soil. That has not been buried. That has not been planted. And he's looking for a quick 
and easy meal. I want to tell somebody here today, don't give the devil a quick meal in your life. Don't make it easy for the devil to steal the things of God. Don't make it easy for the adversary to steal your blessings. Don't make it easy for the adversary to steal the word of God from your life. Don't make it easy for the devil, amen, to come by and steal all of the good things God is trying to plant in your life. Somebody ought to give the Lord some praise. The next condition of the heart was the stony place. Notice how the Bible says it fell upon. Not by the side, but upon. This rocky sediment layer, it, it, it blocks the roots from getting deep enough to get to the water below. This idea Jesus is referring to as hard-heartedness. It's typically produced because there are hard things in the soil. Hard things in life that have not been cultivated out. And this is typically the difficulties, the trials of life that leads to this, this, this problem of shallow roots. This shallow root system leads to withering away. I want to remind us here today, you've got to be careful of anything that keeps you shallow. You've got to be careful of anything that says, I'm going to let God come into my life, but not let him come that far. I'm going to allow God to operate a little bit, but not all the way. Uh, whenever you do that, you lack depthness of earth, and you can't get down to the water source. And Amen. Now, all of a sudden, when hard times come, when dry times come, uh, amen, it blocks your roots from getting to the water. And the Bible says those roots are withered up, and they die got to be careful of getting too hardened in your heart where God tries to move on you, but you aren't letting him. Amen. The next place he talked about from the uncultivated soil was the thorny place. The Bible says that it fell among the thorns. The land has been tilled. The rocks have been removed. This is good, but this is also a perfect place for something else to grow. Amen. This land has been cultivated. It has been purposed for the seed that God has for it. And yet it falls among something else that has been left to grow in the field. It is not enough just to remove the topsoil. It is not enough just to remove the hardness of heart. But you also got to remove the other things, those thorns and those thistles and those weeds. Amen. I want to tell you, the seed of God is wanting to be planted. But if it's surrounded by thorns and if it's surrounded by weeds, Weeds. The root system of the weeds will steal all the nutrients. I want to preach to somebody, whether you know it or not, you are in a battle and you are in a war and you are in a fight. And every bit of cultivation is you operating your faith and activating your faith inside of this battle and inside of this war. Somebody needs to make it up in their mind. As far as my heart's concerned, I'm going to cultivate it to be ready for everything thing God has for me. Oh, somebody ought to praise him. Come on. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, I've made it up in my mind. I'm going to war for everything God has for me. I'm going to fight every devil. I'm going to fight every hard thing. I'm going to fight every distraction. I'm going to fight everything. Jesus said these thorns and thistles are the cares or distractions of this life. You know, when you've got a life that's been partially cultivated, you've removed all those, you are a perfect growing ground. And the weeds and the thorns and the thistles know it. And they start to produce and they start to grow. But the problem is they choke out the word of God. And then there's the good soil. Again, this is not a different soil. This is all in one plot of land. Amen. No doubt Jesus is telling us this is just like the farmer's field. In the field, there's all these conditions, but it's all the same field. The good soil is that which has prepared itself, cultivated itself, and is ready to receive the word. The seed, amen, on the, all the other soils fell by the wayside. It fell on the stony places. It fell among the thorns. But when the seed fell, amen, in the good ground, uh, the Bible says it fell into the good ground. It fell into the good soil. I want to tell you how the word of God falls in your heart is more important than where it falls. 
If that word can get deep enough, no devil can take it. If that word can get deep enough, no sun will dry it out. If that word can get deep enough, nothing else, no distraction is going to be able to hinder you got to let it get deep. You got to let it get in your heart. You got to let the seed go all the way in. These are all one soil, just different levels of cultivation. I want to really harp on this and really take this home because this is what's stopping people from going for more. This right here is the fundamental reason why people stop. Amen. Let me just say it real plain. You are not bad soil. I'm going to preach it till you believe it. You are not bad soil. You are not bad ground. You are good soil. You are good ground. You may not be cultivated to the level to receive everything God has for you yet, but that doesn't make you bad soil. That doesn't make, come on somebody, that doesn't make you bad ground. You are not too dumb to go for more. You are not too flawed to go for more. You are not too broke to go for more. You are not too messed up to go for more. You are not from a wrong family that won't stop you from going for more. You don't have the wrong last name. You weren't born in the wrong town. I've come to preach to somebody. You are good ground. You just got a lot of other stuff you got to fight through. You are. You just got a lot of other things you got to war through and fight through and defend against. You are not bad soil. Don't let anybody lie to you. Don't let the devil lie to you that if I was just a little different, I had a little more together, that all of a sudden, no, I want to preach to somebody. The only thing you lack is the cultivation. The only thing you lack is pushing through it. The only thing you lack is warring to go to the next level. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. Come on. Come on, let's magnify him. Come on. I rebuke every lie of hell. Who has told you? Who told you, Adam and Eve, that you were naked? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you could never come up? Who told you you could never become? Who told you this is as high as you can go, as deep as you can go? Who told you? I want to tell you who told you. It's a lie from hell. Pastor, I just can't go for more because I'm bad soil. False. You can go for more. You can't use the excuse that there's something wrong with you that's outside of your control. Amen. You can understand that maybe I am good soil that's just uncultivated or undercultivated. Well, I'm just not smart enough. You know you can get smarter. I'm just not smart enough. Have you tried going to college? Have you tried getting your good enough degree? Praise God. GED for all y'all. Amen. Have you tried? No, no, I haven't tried. Then how do you know you're not good enough? Oh, come on. I'm going to preach to somebody. I, I just don't have enough skills to start my own business. Uh, how do you know? You've never tried. I just don't know if I'm good enough to get married. How do you know you've never been married? I, I just don't have a, I just don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm anointed enough to ever do this ministry. How do you know you've never tried? Uh, amen. It could very well be that what you are using as an excuse uh, is nothing more than uncultivated soil. I want to preach to everybody. There is good ground in every single one of you. There is good ground. I rebuke every lie of hell that says, well, I just don't have the right this, the right that. You don't need anything else. You just got to cultivate what God gave you. You just got to work with what God gave you. You just got to war for more. Amen. I want you to notice something. The, the sower was not the determining factor of, of more growth. I want you to notice that. We always say, well, if God does it. Amen. God can do anything, but God won't do everything. And God can, but that doesn't mean God will. Just because God could snap a finger and change everything about you doesn't mean God will. You know what? Just because you don't like you doesn't mean God doesn't like you. 
just because you're just because you're unsatisfied with who you are, amen, and just because you're looking down on yourself, I just come to help somebody in 2024 to move beyond this. Just because you got a low self-esteem doesn't mean God looks at you that way. When he looked at Gideon, he didn't look at Gideon the way that Gideon thought Gideon was. Amen. Gideon said, I'm little, I'm least, I'm nothing. And God said, you are a mighty man of valor. God does not see you as you are. God sees you as you can be. The Bible says God calls the things that are not as though they were. What does that mean? That means God looks into the future of what can be and he starts calling it into your presence. He starts calling what should be, what could be, what can be. And he starts calling it into your presence. But often we think, well, it's God's responsibility for me to get more. It's God's responsibility for me to be more. It's God's responsibility for me to produce more. I want to tell you, no, it's not. The sower was not the determining factor of more growth. Next, because the Bible says he sowed everywhere. Amen. I want to tell you, God is sowing everywhere in your life, whether it's cultivated or not, whether it's ready or not. God is coming by and sowing in every area of your life. Whether you have stopped God, blocked God, told God, I don't like it, I don't want it. Whether or not you have, you have strived for it or fought against it. God is sowing in every area of your life. So it is not the sower that determines whether or not there's more. The seed was not the determining factor of more growth. The seed had the same potential. Amen. I want to help somebody here today. You know what? We might, we might share different DNAs. We might share different bloodlines. We might share different families. We might share different origin stories. But I want to tell you, amen, that, that I'm a human just like you are. And the moment you get past this idea that if I was just somebody else, if I just had more together, if I could just change who I am, I want to tell you that is a fallacy to think that if you were somebody else, you would do different. I want to tell you the only difference between you and somebody else is your actions. The only that doesn't mean you don't have a different starting point. Uh, but brothers and sisters, uh, you can still finish it a hundredfold. You can still finish it a hundredfold. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, Jacob said, well, I'm not Abraham. God said, it doesn't matter. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You put your name in there. If God did it for Abraham, God can do it for me. If God did it for Isaac, God can do it for me. If God did it for Jacob, who was all messed up, God can do it through me. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. Come on, we're going to break through this. The seed is not the problem. The seed is not the problem. God plants it in your life. God puts it in your life. And it has the same potential no matter who gets it. I want to tell you, the drug addict can become a preacher. I want to... Well, I wasn't born in the right family. I don't have the right last name. No, the seed has the power regardless of where you come from. The seed has the power. I can't go for more because God hasn't done this for me. I can't go for more because I just, I just think the seed lacks the power. God's not able. These are, these are reasons people don't war for more. You know what? The, the seed has this unlimited potential. You know, when you plant a seed, you don't get a seed back. When you plant an apple seed, you don't get an apple seed back. You get an apple tree. I got a question for you. If you plant one seed, how many, how many apples do you get? Notice how nobody can answer that. You don't know. You don't know. And there's too many people that are focusing on whether or not they're going to have enough apples when they're all said and done. And not enough on planting the seed. And putting the seed deep enough. And making sure the seed's cultivated. I want you to know the ground, uh, amen, the, 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 the sower was not the determining factor of more growth. The seed was not the determining factor of more growth. The soil condition, the level of cultivation was the determining factor of more growth. I want to preach to somebody, uh, amen, that there is a fourth level of cultivation even for the good soil. Uh, amen. Let's assume everybody pushed out uh, and pushed off all the wayside and got rid of 
the topsoil. Let's assume everybody here today went to the next level. They got rid of all the rocks and they got rid of all the hard things. Let's assume that everybody got rid of all the weeds and they pulled them up and the good seed got into the ground. I want to tell you there's a fourth level of cultivation. Amen. To be good soil. Amen. They already had to fight the birds. That is the wicked one who steals the word before they understand how valuable it is. Amen. When if To be good ground, they already had to fight hard ground. They had to fight hard times in life that kill the joy when they receive the word. Amen. They already had to fight the thorns. They had to fight life's distractions that choke the word. No, I'm not going to let anything or anybody distract me. I'm going for more this year. Everything else, amen, that tries to be more important, no, I'm getting rid of it. I'm removing it to every distraction, every rock, every stump. I'm going to make sure this ground is good. Let's assume everybody has done that and fought to that level. And if you haven't, that's the level you need to fight to. But there's another level of cultivation. They already fought all these other things. But I've seen too many people stop right there. Well, pastor, I beat the devil out of my life. I hung on through the trial. And I'm not let distractions stop me. Praise God for that. But I want to tell everybody here today, there is still a war for more. How is it that some produce 30-fold? Some produce 60-fold and other produce 100-fold. I want to tell you it was the same seed and it was the same sower and it was the same soil. I want to tell you that somehow, some way, uh, amen, some uh, allowed there to only be a production of 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. Now, I want to tell you that's a much better ending than letting the word be stolen by the birds or letting the word be stolen, amen, by the sun uh, and letting the word be stolen by the thorns. But I want to tell you, don't ever get comfortable just because you've dealt with all those other things and start thinking uh, that you're not in a war anymore. I want to preach to somebody they're still a war for more often the reason that we stop reaching for more is because we keep setting these goals that once I get this much money anybody else ever done that in fact some of y'all started the year off like that once I get this much money I'm going to do this once I buy this house once I get this much education once I have this much time once I have this much status so on and so forth I will have finally arrived Anybody else ever felt like that? Have you ever achieved that goal and felt disappointed? Because you realize, well, I got here and it wasn't as great as I thought it was. Amen. That's why so many people, they reach a certain level in God and then they stop. Because every time they get, they, they start going to the next level, they have to fight for it. And then they get there and they realize, okay, I've achieved that they got to keep fighting. And they start thinking, man, I don't want to keep fighting. I'd rather just get comfortable. You know, this is something they call arrival fallacy. Arrival fallacy is this illusion that once we, quote, unquote, make it, once we attain our goal or reach our destination, we will reach everlasting happiness. Anybody that's ever reached a goal knows that's not true. Uh, amen. But, but here's the difference uh, in the mindset. Uh, we need to be less destination and goal-driven, uh, and we need to become more journey-driven. If it's less about the amount of, amount of apples I produce, uh, and it becomes more about getting that seed into the soil and cultivating the soil and making sure when the ground is good that I'm fertilizing it, that I'm making sure it's watered right, that I'm making sure, I want to tell you, it doesn't stop it sowing. Somebody, the Bible says one plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. Uh, I want to tell you, everybody wants the increase, uh, but brothers and sisters, we got to water. Uh, we've got to take care. It's not enough to plant it. You gotta water it. You gotta fertilize it. You gotta make sure you take care because I don't want 30 fold. I don't want 60 fold. I want a hundred. Is there anybody uh, that you're thankful that God's working in your life, uh, but you want more? Is there anybody that's looking for more, praying for more, seeking for more? You know, this, this. This destination goal focus, this mindset, we, we, if we're not careful, we'll start falling into the just enough mindset. You know, when I did track and field, 
when I ran, you know what they told me? Run through the finish line. Amen. Because they know that if you start running to the finish line, you slow down before the race is done. And I met too many people that start slowing down before they get to where they're going because they're just trying to reach a particular goal. But if this is not about the goal, it's about the journey. If this is about, this is not just about how many apples I produce, this is about a fight. Amen. To keep on producing. Then that means it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. I'm going to keep fighting for it. That doesn't mean that means it doesn't matter how I feel. I'm going to keep on fighting for it. There's going to be something rise up on the inside of me that says God's got more for me, and I refuse to stay with just enough. Amen. I'm not just going to run just enough to get to the finish line. I'm going to run with such endurance and with such patience that I'm going to make it through the finish line. I'm not just trying to get to a particular goal. I want to tell you, more doesn't have a particular goal. It just means, amen, when I reach more, I want more. When I get to more, I want more than that. When I get to the next level, I want another level. When I... When I go up, I want to go further. When I go forward, I want to go further. I don't want to just stay where I am. I'm warring for more. We fall, if we're not careful, we fall in this just enough mindset. And this, this is really, this is our way of protecting ourselves from disappointment and discouragement. Well, I'll just, I'll just give just the bare minimum to get, get to this level. That's how, if you're lucky, you produce 30-fold. There is a danger in the mindset of just enough. It forgets the idea that God is more than enough. Why is it that we settle for good enough? Because good enough is reasonable, comfortable, and quantifiable. Good enough is reasonable. It is, it is comfortable, and it is quantifiable. Well, pastor, I, I just don't want to feel... I, I want more, but I, I just I know that if I if I go for more, there might be some discouragement along the way. I want more in my life, but I know if I go for it, I'm gonna have to fight through some things. Well, I'm glad you're waking up to the war. Praise God. Hey, Pastor, I want more, but I, but I don't know. If, is it possible that I've hit my limit? I want to tell you, if you're six feet up, you still got more in you. Pastor, I want more, but I keep trying, but I haven't seen it work out yet. Uh, maybe I'm broken. Maybe there's something wrong with me. I've come to preach, no, you're good soil. You just got to keep cultivating. Amen. I want to preach to somebody, you are not broken. You are not done. You just have to be more committed to cultivation. You got to be more committed to Jesus. You got to be more committed to the areas of your life that are lacking cultivation and you got to surrender to God's will. I've just come to preach to somebody today, amen, that it doesn't matter how long you live for God, there's areas where God's working with you and working on you, and he's saying, I got more for you. If you want it, there's more, but you're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to strive for it. You're going to have to go for it. I reject the lie of the enemy that says... We should stop and we should quit. I want to tell you, amen, if you are not growing, you are dying. If you are not growing and going for more in your walk with God, your walk with God is dying. It is decaying. Hallelujah. The laws of entropy and atrophy. If you don't keep pushing, you start to decay. If you don't keep pushing your muscles, they start to break down. I want to tell you there's something about that tension of pushing for more that creates more strength. It's, it seems like, like, like a paradox that, that, that the more I push and the more energy I exert, the weaker I should get. But it's actually the opposite. The less force you put forth, the weaker you get. The less you push against things and fight against things, the less you war for more, the weaker you get. But the more you war for more... The more you go after God, the more you push, the more you pray, the more you worship, the more you give, the more, come on somebody, the more you go after it, the more you cultivate, the more you grow, the more you become, the more blessed you become. I want to tell you, when you keep pushing and you stop settling, you don't just get more, you get more than more. To those that have more, shall more be given. Amen. Our, our natural life should be growing, amen, in conjunction with our spiritual life. 
is what, is what John said, that we should prosper even as our soul prospers. You know, there's something about that pushing. There's something about that exertion of energy. I want to just wake everybody up here today. This is a war. I'm going to preach to somebody. If you want more, I got news for you. It requires effort. If you want more, it requires going to war. Hallelujah. And if you don't go for more, Jesus warned us, if you don't keep progressing and going for more, you actually end up with less. I'm going to help somebody. Amen. I've actually seen people say, well, I'm just going to try to maintain. You know what? You cannot maintain. It is impossible. You're, you always got to exert more energy and more effort just to maintain. When you go into maintenance mode and maintaining, you actually are decreasing speed and decreasing effort. Amen. You actually have to push against it. If you want your car to go faster, if you want your car to go further, you got to press down on the gas pedal a little bit more. Amen. If you want your car to maintain its speed, it's still draining you of gasoline. You can't escape it. And in life, if you want more, you got to keep pushing for it. you got to keep pressing for it. I've come to preach to somebody, if you want more, it requires war. More requires war against laziness. More requires war against pride. More requires war against selfishness. War requires, amen, going and being more faithful. I want to tell you, if you want to be blessed, it requires a war of being a giver. If you want to have a good marriage, it requires a war of putting in the effort. If you want a war of having good kids, amen, if you want to have good kids, it requires requires a war of putting in the time and putting in the energy. If you want to have a good church and more in church, you got to keep pushing for more. If you want to have revival, you can't settle with the 75, 85 on a Sunday. You got to keep trying to bring them one more at a time. Somebody ought to get up to your feet and clap your hands and declare to all of hell in 2024, I am not going with the status quo. In 2024, I'm not just maintaining. In 2024, I'm going to get in the fight. I'm going to get in the war. And I'm going to get more than I ever had. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on. Come on, do you want more in your marriage? Are you just trying to maintain till Jesus comes? Do you want more in your walk with God? Amen. Are you just saying, I just want to just get a little bit. I just want to be tenfold. Amen. You'll end up tenfold. Amen. You might not even end up tenfold because you're not putting the But if you say, God, why would I settle for 30-fold when there's 60-fold? Why would I settle for 60-fold if there's 100-fold? Why would I settle for less when God has more? It is always, and maybe it's just me, you can remain standing. Musicians, if you could come. It has always bothered me when I look at people and I can see their potential. But they can't. And I get it, I get it. We all sometimes have these struggles where we can't quite see where God wants to lead us. But I want to tell you, even if you can't see where God wants to lead you, I can promise you this. Amen. Take one of these, put this, put these there in the back. Take one of these and just put it somewhere you'll find it. And remind yourself, even if I don't know all God has for me, I know God's got more for me. Even if I don't know what I'm capable of or what God can do through my life, I know God's got more for me. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I know God's got more for me. I, I know. Turn to your other neighbor and just remind them, I know God's got more for me. If you can't believe anything else, believe that today. God is the God of more, of abundance. He doesn't just stay at bare minimums. He always has more. You know, I, if, if, if God has a hundredfold harvest in my life, I don't want to settle for 60-fold or 30-fold. The hundred is worth fighting for. It is worth warring for. You know, just recently, and I've had this, this idea for a while, and it worked out so well that Brother Claiborne came and he preached to us, amen, just a couple weeks ago, but he preached about the tenth coin. But you know, there's another side to that parable. She had nine coins, but she knew she should have ten. I get living on nine coins if you don't know that you could have ten or that you should have ten. And I hope before you leave even this building today that I've reminded you, you've got ten coins available. Somebody ought to say amen to that. 
You have 10 coins available. You don't have to say, well, I just don't, I just don't know if I got more. You do. I just reminded you. You reminded your neighbor. God's got more for me. Now, you might be sitting with one coin. I want to remind you, God's got more coins for you. And everybody said amen. But I, I've met too many people that I can see it. They can see it. Everybody around them can see it. That they should have ten coins. There is nothing more frustrating to me in my personal life than knowing I should have ten coins, but I got nine. I got eight. I got seven. Come on. There's nothing more frustrating than looking over at some good saint of God and thinking, why are they settling for less? Can I, can I share? I don't ever share my frustrations when I preach, but let me share my greatest frustration. It's not people acting stupid. That's frustrating, but that ain't it. It's people not being all they can be. My goal is not to get people, to, not just to get people out of hell. My goal is to get them deep, as deep into heaven as God can take them. My goal is not to just get people out of the fire. My goal is to get people to where they're reaching a hundredfold, where they're reaching ten coins, where they've gone as far as they can go. They're living that abundant life. But I know so many people that should and could have ten coins, but they are satisfied with the nine coins they got left. You know, you ever met somebody like this? And if you're here today, I'll pray for you. There's some people that make a virtue out of operating on nine coins. Is this all right? You know, I just struggle, but I make it. Brother, you don't need a struggle. You need a war, but you don't need a struggle. And when you war, that means you're taking territory. Struggle means, uh, amen, as the man of God preached to us the other day, they were on the borders. All of the frogs were on the borders, and they were just hanging out. Amen, I want to tell you, that's where the struggle is. It's where you aren't quite moving forward, and you're not quite moving backwards. That's where the struggle is. But when you go to fight for it, this is Saul. This is the difference between Saul and David. Saul stood there as Goliath was hanging out on the edge. He was hanging out on the border. They were trying to expand their territory. They were trying to go for more. And can you believe it? The devil shows up when people are trying to get more from God. And Saul said, we can't move forward because there's an enemy. But David said, no, we're going into this. And not only did he take out the giant, he kept moving into enemy territory. Amen. I want to tell you, God wants to raise up some Davids that are not satisfied with where they are. They're thankful for everything God's done in their life. I'm not talking about being ungrateful. I'm thankful for everything God's done in my life, but I do not want to be satisfied, amen, with just where I am when I know God's got more. Don't make it a virtue to say I've lived on nine coins when you could have ten. Don't make it a virtue that you had to walk to church when you could get a job and drive to church. Is this all right? Don't make it a virtue that you struggle all the time when you don't have to. It's different if you're struggling and you, and you can't get out of it. That's a different story. But that's not normally the case. For every one person that's struggling and can't get out of it, amen, there are a there are hundred other people that are struggling because they refuse to move. Oh, come on, somebody. But living on nine coins when you could have ten is not a virtue, it's a vice. Living with less when you should have more is not a virtue. It is not something to stand and say, I have arrived. If all you've done up to God, for God up to this point, if you want to sit back and say, look at all I've done, I want to tell you, thank God for everything that's happened. That's awesome. But please, for heaven's sake, don't stop there. Don't think your best days are behind you. Don't act like you're, oh, I've got all that I can get. No, I want to tell you, if you're still living and still breathing, God still has more for you. Hallelujah. If you got more life left in you, God's got more for you. I don't want to settle for a nine-coin marriage. I want a ten-coin marriage. 
I don't want to settle for nine coin kids. I want ten coin kids. I don't want to settle for a nine coin ministry. I want a ten coin ministry. I don't want a nine coin walk with God. I want a ten coin walk with God. I don't want a nine coin church. I want a ten coin church. I don't want a 30 fold revival, a 60 fold revival when God's got a hundred fold. But if you want more, you're going to have to fight for it. Let's lift up our hands. I'm done preaching. Come on, let's pray. The fundamental belief that God has more for me should motivate us to go after more. Come on, that woman, she knew that there was more, so she started declaring war in her household. She started sweeping things. She started moving things out of the way. Amen. She started saying whatever it takes to have a 10-coin life, whatever it takes to have a 100-fold life, whatever it takes to have a 100-fold harvest, that's what I'm going to do. Come on, somebody pray. Somebody pray. Maybe you're in the beginning stages of cultivation and you're fighting off devils right now. I want to tell you, God's going to help you beat off the birds and fight the birds off. If, 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 you, if you're fighting right now against hard things and trials, God's going to help you pull up those stones and remove those stumps. If you are fighting against distractions, amen, and everything the devil brings into your life, amen, I want to tell you, God's going to help you to pull up those weeds. Come on, somebody, let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. I want to open up this altar. Would you come down? This is a declaration that even if I cultivate the soil, I'm going to water. I'm going to water the seeds. I'm going to. I'm going to prune the tree. I'm going to prepare everything God has for me. Come on, somebody, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. More for my family. More from my church, more from my ministry, more from my marriage, more from my kids. Come on, mom and dad, it's worth fighting for. It's worth making some dedications in your family and in your house. It's worth making some consecrations in your home. Amen. To have more of God in your house. Come on, it's worth going to that next level. It's worth fighting against all of those other things. Come on, because God's got more. Come on, somebody pray. Somebody press. Somebody press into more. Come on. God's got more. Put on your sword and go fight for it. Come on, get your cultivation tools out and go to war for it. Go home tonight and fight in your house for it.
declaration. I am not satisfied. I am not settling. God's got more for me, and I refuse to quit while there's still more on the table. I refuse to give up when God's got more for me. Come on, somebody make that declaration. Come on, don't say it's all there is. No, God's got a hundredfold for you. God's got 10 points for you. God's got more. We won't stop. We won't quit. We are growing. Warring for more. We will worship. We will praise. We are pushing. Come on, let this be your prayer. We are pushing, we are fighting, we, we are watching, we will pray, we will not quit. We are Lift up your hands all across this building. Right now, there are people that are saying, well, pastor, you just don't know what I'm going to have to face. That's all right. You don't have to face it alone. There's a God that is with you. There's a God that is for you. You do not have to do this. You do not. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And the best part is we don't war alone. God wars with us. He fights with us. Somebody needs to make it up in their mind. I am going to fight for it. Somebody needs to determine in their heart, it is worth it. It is worth it. My family is worth it. My ministry is worth it. My church is worth it. My walk with God is worth it. It's worth every struggle. It's worth every fight. It's worth whatever I got to war through. Somebody lift up your hands and pray. somebody pray all across this building come on you need to believe it today you need to remind yourself there's more for me God's got more for me God's got more for me there's more in this life than what I've been living for there's more in this world than what I've been living for and settling for there's more in God than what I've been settling for I'm gonna fight for it. it's worth it every level is worth the fight every new dimension is worth the fight Every, every ounce of revival is worth the fight. Every, every bit of blessing is worth the fight. War for it. Feel the Holy Ghost.